I don't even, I'm scared to do the joke at this point. I feel continually humbled because it seems like the Holy Spirit moves most strongly on Sundays that I'm gone. And on one hand, I'm rejoicing, like, yeah, God showed up. Woo! We were hoping that would happen. On the other hand, I'm like, why does he always really do the fun stuff when I'm gone? I guess all parts are needed. So anyway, I'm going to not read into that. Um, while I, uh, now I'm going to jump in. Father, I thank you because you're here right now. I thank you for the amazing love that you're continually pouring out on us and you are bringing us from strength to strength and glory to glory. And what I'm asking for today is for your Holy Spirit, your presence, your spirit of revelation and truth to come and manifest in us. You're already in us. And I'm asking that as I speak from your word, which has been inspired by your Holy Spirit and written down by the hands of men under the unction of the Holy Spirit, that that same Holy Spirit, which resides in us, would cause that truth to resonate, to cause revelation, and to give us a new path, a new understanding, a reinforcement of what you've already brought, and that it would create life and life abundantly as you created it to do. I ask these things in the name of Jesus. I also speak right now in the name of Jesus to every distraction, every argument, Every old wound, every old way of thinking, every lens that would cause us to miss the revelation of how good you are and how your kingdom works, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I ask by the gentleness and the power of your Holy Spirit that those things be defeated and replaced with a greater revelation of the truth of who Jesus is. Amen. So today, our word that we're going to hear about I want you to learn how to plant good seed today. And that's what we're going to talk about. And it flows. I feel like this is great timing for us because we're getting ready to take a journey together through the New Testament and to be re-inspired by the power of the Word of God revealed through Scripture. And so um, this is an aspect of the life in Christ that we get to walk together. So I'm just going to jump right in. James 1, 1 through 5. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing." If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. You know, in the scripture it says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. You know, and I've shared with you guys often, you know, one of the things that we enjoy here in America is, is clean water. We just know that clean water is a great idea. Even today, in, this, in, in the earth, more people die from, from dirty water than almost any other thing. In fact, I think it is the number one thing. It's literally diseases that come from drinking unclean water. One of the things that we've learned in history is that you don't want to have the latrine too close to the drinking fountain. For those of you that don't know what a latrine is, it's a fancy word for the potty. And I'm not going to go any further than that. So we actually had to learn people were perishing for lack of knowledge because they honestly just had the sewage too close to the well. And so you died. 
So how many of you know that you can have a great heart, you can have great intentions, you can be a beautiful person, and still perish for lack of knowledge? Come on, that makes sense, right? So here it's saying, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. You know what, my amazing friends and family? I believe that there's an aspect of our life that many of us are consistently experiencing death, spiritual death, physical malady, etc., in areas where Christ has actually promised us life and life abundantly. Remember Jesus came, he said, I came to destroy the works of the devil, and I came to give you life and life abundantly. Every one of us, I believe, has aspects of our life that we're not currently experiencing life and life abundantly. And in those areas, more than likely, we have the latrine parked a little too close to the drinking fountain, and we have a part of our life that just keeps getting stunted or diseased or undiscovered or, or just reaping death. Does that resonate? I mean, so, so I want us to begin with this, with this scripture. This is the promise, and my desire is as I bring this word from, from the word of God and I, I expound on some of these things, I want us to ask God for wisdom today because I believe that God, in, in here it's saying this, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And, and you know what? We need more wisdom. So I want to pray right now, and I want to just ask, would you just, uh, would you do this for me? Would you stand up if you can, and would you put your hand on your heart? I want you to put your hand on your heart while asking for wisdom for this reason. The wisdom of God comes first and foremost relationally into your heart, and then it transforms your mind to be able to handle kingdom principles. So that's why your hand's on your heart. All right, here we go. Father, we recognize that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. In Proverbs, you said that wisdom was there when you created the earth and laid its foundations. You said that we can come to you if we lack wisdom and ask for it. In your word, it says that the fear of you, Lord, the respect and honor, the knowing of your greatness and sovereignty is the beginning of wisdom. And so, Lord, we begin with that. We acknowledge that you are God and we are your children, that you are the boss and we are not. Father, we start right there and we say, Lord, we want to know how to live, how to think and reason in line with your character and the reality of your love. And we recognize in our lives there are places that we are still yet stunted, that we are still yet stymied, we are still yet repeating the same failures over and over again. And we're saying, God, we recognize this is a problem. And you told us we could ask for wisdom. So God, right now, will you please give me wisdom? And I'd like you guys to just ask for yourself, Father, will you please give me wisdom? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Now I'm going to start right here with this. We cannot, well, I'm, let me just back up here where he says this. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Everybody's favorite word. It should be a four-letter word, actually. If any of you think of a four-letter word for patience, I think it would be a better application. But that may be an aside. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. 
So he's saying this, count it all joy when stuff happens in your life. Count it all joy when you come against some resistance. Count it all joy when everything's not going awesome. Count it all joy when you're having to wait for that thing that you're working towards. Because what that does is it actually creates maturity in your life. Be excited when stuff happens because God is creating maturity in your life. We cannot have maturity unless we actually face choices. Choosing God in the midst of other choices is what love actually is. How many of you know that if it was up to us, we would never have put the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden? We'd be like, people might choose it. Don't put the tree in the... They, will, they might choose it. Just put the life in the... That's it. Just put that one choice there, and then no one will make any mistakes. But God is like, no, I don't want a bunch of robots. I don't want a bunch of people who have quote-unquote freedom. I want people who are truly free and that they want to choose me in the midst of options. How many of you know that as born-again citizens of heaven, which you are, you are back in the original plan of God, and you're extending his kingdom? But here's the deal. You have real, actual freedom, which means you have real and actual options. Let me give you an example here. The key to, underst- I'm sorry. The key to understanding relationship with God is understanding that he loves the idea of giving you attractive, allowing him to be chosen out of other attractive options. So let's use my marriage as an example. If I'm faithful to Karen, it's not because there aren't other beautiful and wonderful options to choose from. Right? Everybody who's married to another beautiful woman, it should probably be saying, you're darn right. Okay. I stay, it's not, it's not that because there is a lack of options that I'm staying with my beautiful wife. That's not why I'm staying with her. It's because I've chosen her out of all those other attractive options. And every time that there is another attractive option that happens, that comes several times a day. It's not that in that moment, wow, I just lost my whole point. Let me just back up here for a minute. You guys are all looking at me like I'm cheating on Karen. That's what this is. You need to understand I'm going to go someplace good here. I said that and everybody's like, how many beautiful options are you noticing today, pastor? I can feel the pressure. Wow. I'm just going to read it straight from the script here. Woo. Woo. All right. Let me, <laughs> I got to land quick and move on. If I'm faithful to Karen, it's not because there aren't other beautiful and wonderful options to choose from. Therefore, I stay with the only option available. Karen is not the only option available. No, rather in the midst of options, I get to choose to be married to Karen every time a different option comes. I get the honor and glory of choosing my wife again every time another option presents itself. Now, it's not that hard because I already chose her. But I get the glory and the honor of choosing her every day. Now, for those of you that are experiencing a great marriage right now, you understand the intentionality that's involved in having a great marriage. You know, it's not like, well, I told you I loved you when I married you, and I'll let you know if it changes. (laughs) All right, Jesus, help me to stay on track here. 
But do you, do you see what I'm saying here? It's, it's that you get to choose something, and that's part of maturity. You're choosing God in the midst of many attractive options. And let me tell you something. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I'll give you a clue. All of the options that you get to choose from are all things that he created anyway, and the one who's tempting you is just trying to get you to choose them outside of sequence of time or outside of the design that he created them for. So he's tempting you with great bait. He's like, here's all the river of pleasures that flows from God's right hand. You should do it this way. And you're like, I am attracted to that option. He's like, yes, you are. Now do it this way. And it gets a little confusing, but I'm getting ahead of myself. James 1, 13 through 21 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now with these desires, and this, this is an interesting thing because this sign where it, this, I'm sorry, this sign, this word uh, where it says he's enticed by his own desires. That word desires can be, can be translated a lot of different ways. It, this, this word right here is the same word that it says desire prophecy above all other gifts. It can also be interpreted lust after with great passion this particular thing. So, so what's happening here? No one, let no one say I'm tempted by God. It's true. God doesn't come in and say, here's this wicked option, and I just want to make sure you don't choose it. No, God doesn't. He's not tempted to do evil things, and he's not tempting you to do evil things. The enemy is coming in and using, as I just said, the opportunities, the drives. How many of you know that, that your sex drive is a gift from the Lord? It is. It is an absolute gift. God gave you, he, said, he gave you a command. He said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and, and subdue it, rule over it, extend my kingdom. And then he said, and by the way, I'm going to make it awesome. God doesn't say, hey, here's a really good, here's the thing I'm commanding you to do. And by the way, it's horrible and you'll hate it every day of your life. Now go and show you love me. No, a river of pleasure flows from his right hand. His kingdom is amazing. When God tells you to be, to be faithful, Faithfulness is awesome. Have you ever noticed how much faithfulness pays off? How many of you have saved money and noticed it's really nice when you have it in the bank? Okay, that's a kingdom principle. It pays off. It's not like save money and by the way, it will be horrible every day. Show that you love me. No, all of his kingdoms, all of his principles make sense. But, but, but we're talking about maturity, so let me go back to this. When these desires come, if we sow our emotions or our actions in the way that the enemy would tempt us, when they get full-grown full here, what does it say? When the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full-grown, brings forth death. All right, so you guys tracking with me here? I know I'm jumping around a little bit. I think I had three coffees and forgot to eat anything. So, Jesus, you said that we live by every word that comes out of your mouth. I need something in the stomach. In Jesus' name. Are you guys tracking with me here, though, this, this thing about desires? Does that make sense to you? I'm touching on this. I don't have enough time to cover what I want to cover about the new creation that you are in Christ Jesus. But suffice it to say it's important that you need to realize that if you are born again, you are no longer the problem. Did you catch that? You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to prove that to you later. But right now, I just want you to take it on faith. You guys familiar with faith? We'll get back to that. 
Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Did you catch this? The implanted word. I want you to think about that for a minute. Now, we're talking about harvests right now. Okay, I said plant good seed every day. This word is about what am I harvesting? I want to, I, we, we just prayed for wisdom, right? And we just talked about the, the reality is that many of us are perishing for lack of knowledge. In the area of your life where you're perishing for lack of knowledge, this is what we're asking God for wisdom to bring in. Here it comes. We're talking about lives that we're not seeing, life and life abundantly, freedom and joy and liberty. What is the kingdom of heaven made of? Peace hope and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you look at an aspect of your life where you're not, I'm sorry, righteousness in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I just added extra ones. Can I take that liberty, Lord? Peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. There we go. These are the fruits of the Spirit. These are what every aspect of your life, regardless of what's going on in your circumstances, you're able to flow from this place of peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. If you have an aspect of your life where you're not getting a harvest of righteousness, a harvest of joy, a harvest of peace. Instead, let's say maybe you're getting a harvest of depression. Maybe you keep ending up in the same place where at the end of the day, you look at your day and with anxiety in your heart, you think, my God, I feel like I'm in the same place that I have been for the last 15 years or the last five months. Maybe you're in a place of discouragement at the end of the day or every time something comes up, you're not thinking, well, this is going to be awesome to see how God makes this turn out. Instead, you're like, oh, sweet Jesus, is this really, am I really still here? Now what am I going to do? Maybe you continually have a harvest of anxiety. The sum total of your day or the net of your day comes up to, I don't even, I'm just glad this day is over. Is anybody hearing what I'm talking about here? You don't have to raise your hand. (laughs) But thank you that you did. This is a safe place. This is the place to get encouraged. Maybe Maybe the thing that you keep having happen daily to you is you keep ending up in a besetting sin. You know? It's like, dang it, how am I back here in front of this computer typing in this key, these keys again? You know? Maybe where you keep ending up is yelling at your spouse, fighting about money. There are these repetitive things that are happening in our life. And we're going, how do I keep ending up here? You know, where where is this coming from? I watched a movie one time. It's really funny. This comedian was talking about flies. And he's like, they've got to be like like the most ironic creature ever. You know, they eat dead things and they land on, you know, droppings. And... And so they're like, but yet, for some reason, they're always washing their hands. You ever seen them? They're like, washing, a fly is always washing its hands. So it flies along and sees a big 
your dog just made a deposit in the yard and it's like, then it's like, where did all this muck come from? There it is again. A lot of us are having the same experience in our life. It's like, where is this harvest coming from? It's like, every time I look around, anger. Where is it coming from? 1 Peter 22-25 says this, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again. Say, I am born again. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Not, I'm sorry, through the living and enduring word of God. Are you catching this? The word of God has come into you and you have received it. And by virtue of that word, Jesus Christ, who became flesh, the word became flesh. Jesus Christ is in the Bible. He inspired the Bible. He's not stuck in the Bible. He came as flesh. He demonstrated everything that was there. He fulfilled the prophetic words. We are born again because of him. We have received that word. Amen? And what was that word? That word was Christ. The Holy Spirit. I want to I just say this really quick, okay? And then I've got to move on. The Holy Spirit came and spoke to Mary. You guys remember this, right? And the Holy Spirit comes and says, Mary, blessed are you among women, for you will carry the Messiah. And she goes, be it unto me as you say, Lord. I mean, it's, you know, it's blowing her mind, but she has the right response, like, what you said. I mean, yes, no idea how you're going to do that, but what you said. She says, well, how can this be? He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will become impregnated with the Son of God. When we're born again, the Holy Spirit is what? The seal, Right? And who is being formed in us? What does the word say? Christ is being formed in us. How? By virtue of the Holy Spirit. Mary was the first fruits of what we're doing. We are filled with the literal word, the sperma, the word, the seed of God, Christ Jesus, is in us forming until we become like him. That is free. Just think about that. So this imperishable seed by virtue of the Holy Spirit, as we've received it, is growing inside of us until we reap what? A harvest of righteousness. Are you guys catching this? The Holy Spirit is forming Christ in us by virtue of the word being planted in us. Now, for, the, for, for real, literally the Son of God, by the virtue of the Holy Spirit, is somehow habitating us right now. You are filled with God. And you look good, too, by the way. Okay, and, the, and God is forming that until we come into what? The maturity of Christ Jesus. More of a harvest of that righteousness. Are you guys with me? Okay, now, as that's happening, he's bringing us into maturity. And what is the maturity? The maturity is us facing choices and continuing, facing trials, and continuing, facing situations, options, where we could choose something else, and the way that we become mature in Christ till we're in the fullness of him, to where we can, where we can do heaven, is by constantly choosing him each day. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? 
Thank you. Jerry thinks it's beautiful. Me and Jerry. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. So what we just talked about. Come on. Now, this is going to get really good here. Hold on. Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. I'm going to stop right there. How many of you, when you hear this, get excited about this scripture? Be honest. Yeah, like one of you. How many of the rest of you immediately start feeling really convicted and like, uh, come on, raise your hand, honestly. Yeah, well, here's good news. We're going to change that today. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Great news. Because whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. How many of you have been born again? Raise your hand if you've been born again. Okay, this is not talking about you. You died with Christ. You're not sowing to your flesh anymore. Your flesh has been sown into the, it died. When Jesus was crucified, remember it says, he was crucified once for all, and in him you also have been crucified. Therefore, don't sow into the flesh. Why? Because your flesh is dead. I'm going to just let you sit on that one because I'm actually supposed to preach about that later. I lied to you, but that was another free one. From the flesh, they will reap destruction. This is not you. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. This is you. So here we go. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Those of you that are sowing to the Spirit, from the Spirit are reaping eternal life. Here's the great news. God cannot be mocked. If you're sowing righteousness, you're reaping righteousness. Hey, great news. All that kingdom stuff that you're sowing every day, God cannot be mocked. You won't lose it. Here's the other great news. The flesh stuff that you sowed, it came to fruition, and it killed Jesus Christ. And he died not only for you, but with you. And he was raised not only for you, but with you. <laughs> Come on. If yet I'm going to keep preaching. Let us not become weary then in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I want you to just turn to your neighbor and say, sub, neighbor. Yeah, that's especially, right? Especially. Especially. Okay, here we go. This is going to get confusing, so I need you guys to really pay attention. So are you ready? You might want to take some notes here. If you have something to write it down, write this down. If you have an iPhone, just take pictures. First of all, can someone read this for me? Very good. You guys are great. All right. You guys are spot on. Spot on. This is awesome. Huh? Huh? You guys are doing good. All right. How many of you have encountered some of this? Yeah. Not fun. All right. Now this, are, we, are you tracking? Are you with me? Can you feel this? All right. This is where it gets a little confusing. 
All right, everybody doing good? All right. All right. Okay, what's my point? Hebrews 3.7 says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day, in the day of trial in the wilderness. Okay, now this is a key thing for us. First of all, there was a day of trial in the wilderness. Now, I want you to understand something. The, the Israelites literally lived with a presence of God that was absolutely undeniable. They were in a place that there was less mercy for the Israelites in that moment than what you're currently experiencing for this reason. They literally lived under a fire of pillar that burned, what did I say? Thank you. It was, <laughs> why do you do this to me, Lord? These clay jars, okay. A pillar of fire that burned like these lights. Okay, look up at these lights. Do you see them? Okay, it's keeping them warm at night. The desert is dropping down to, you know, freezing temperatures. The Israelites are hanging great under their heat lamp in the sky. Okay, there's no water. Moses goes over and whacks a rock and water shoots out, and not just a little bit, enough to feed like at least two million people. They saw the, o the, the, the ocean. <laughs> they saw, I'm just making stuff up at this point. <laughs> they saw the Red Sea part, okay? What I'm trying to tell you is every day there was a manifest evidence of the lordship and the reality of God in front of them. And based on that evidence, he held them responsible to respond appropriately to whether or not they would choose him. Do you understand? So when, when it says here that, in, that don't harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, the trial for the Israelites at that time was to simply be patient. He was already, every morning they'd get up and there was the food of angels on the ground. What I'm, what I'm saying is, when you have been entrusted with great revelation of the manifestation of glory, there is a higher level of responsibility to respond appropriately to God. Does that make sense? Does it make God evil? Let me, let me, let me put it this way. Well, I feel like that's just self-explanatory. I'm not going to pretend like you're all a bunch of kids. Does that make sense? Does that make God unjust? That's my question. Does it make God mean? Okay, because these guys literally just said, hey, look, I see what you have to offer, and I don't want it. And God said, okay, I respect your opinion. It wasn't like he was like, well, then, fine, you're all jerks, die. That was not, he's not, he had already stood with them for all those years. And the other thing is, he absolutely had done everything that he could to give them the opportunity to choose him. And all he did was say, I respect your opinion to reject me. I'm not even going to make you love me. That, that's what that was. So they faced that trial. Now here's the trial we're facing. You have options today. It's the same thing. So therefore, the scripture says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness. Are you seeing yourself in this story? Okay, I'm going I'm to bring you some more here. Beware, brothers and sisters, lest there be any of you 
There be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called what? Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Okay, so again, we see that today, today. And then I've skipped down. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. Oops. Kind of dropped me there. Here's the key. Most, okay, Jesus, help me to land this plane. Most harvests that you will reap, you actually will reap usually within a 24-hour period of when you sowed that seed. Most harvests. I'm not saying there aren't others. There are long-term ones. There's, the, there's an end game here. Obviously, we're looking towards being with Jesus in heaven. But that has actually already been accomplished through Christ Jesus. So although that harvest is far away, Christ accomplished that in you. But the harvest of the kingdom of heaven on earth, most harvests that you and I will affect, I'm not saying all. There are some where we are living for a generation that we will not see until we go into heaven. Okay, we're living for our great, great, great grandkids. May they inherit a beautiful place that you and I paid a price so they would have a manifestation of the glory of God. So there's that. But I'm telling you, the majority of the harvests in your life are coming to fruition in 24 hours, most of them. So at the end of the day, when you find yourself like the fly, where is this coming from? Look around you and go, oh. (laughs) When you have a harvest of depression that comes up each day, then you need to go, where is this coming from? Is God tempting me? No, this word says God is not tempting you. What you need to ask yourself is, what have I been planting? Because whatever you're getting a harvest of, those are the seeds that are getting planted in your life. Here's the great news. You have choices. You can plant something new. Now, here's the power of why I have this here. Today. Why did God make today so important? Because today is your only connection with reality. Today is your only connection with God. Today is your only connection with any other person. Today. I don't think you heard me. I want you to think about this for a minute. The only place where you have choices is today. The only place where you have power is today. If you want a new harvest... Something other than lust, something other than fear, something other than greed, something other than anxiety or depression or woundedness or bitterness. You have to start planting new seeds today. And I know that the enemy of your soul has told you that this harvest, these seeds, have been there for 15 years, so why would today be any different? 
But I believe that the Lord wants to bring to your attention that you and the enemy have been replanting those seeds every morning. They're not perennial seeds. You're replanting. You're meditating on those things. You're choosing to stay in that place. Here's the great news. With his help, you can make a new choice. With his help, we can begin to reap a harvest of peace, a harvest of purity, a harvest of joy, a harvest of righteousness. And all we have to do is plant those seeds today. This right now, this moment, this is the moment where you can now begin to plant joy where you have been reaping depression. Right now, you don't need thousands of hours of counseling. I encourage you to augment that. If you've been in a rut for a long time, consider that, you know, the major plow. Keep plowing. Let it get refined. But you can start planting seeds now. Because the plowman will overtake the reaper, right? Is this getting is this getting to you? Is this getting through? Does this does this sound like hope to you? Because I'm telling you, where we have thought, see, this is where the enemy has defeated us. Yeah, 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 you should read your Bible. And after a couple of years, you should expect to really be somebody that God could love. No, God comes in and says, hey, listen, you want joy? Today, so joy. You want faithfulness? Today, so faithfulness. You're sick and tired of this? So this. This is the part where we get choices. Who here wants to begin to sow something new starting today? Come on. Come on. This is why we're going on a journey together to read through the word. The word is the imperishable sin. Jason, can you come please finish? I feel as though I need to resign. <laughs> wow, the seed, imperishable seed. <laughs> I feel like that was, can I at least blame the devil for that? Because I, I, actually, I can't, I want to. I wish I could. I promise to eat. I'm going to sow at least a granola bar next Sunday before I preach. And so that you can reap something intelligible. The word is the imperishable seed. When you plant that seed, whether you're having a deeply emotional response or even a revelatory response to reading the word each day, it's a seed that's going in. How many of you have ever taken the corn? Have you, has anybody here ever planted anything? Yeah. Do you remember like when you stuck it in and you put dirt over it and you were like, oh yeah. Woo! You remember that one time when you planted the seed and then you were like, put the peach tree seed in there and then you were like, mm, good fruit. Yeah, you didn't because it has to grow. It doesn't matter how you feel when you plant the seed. What matters is what you will reap from the harvest of the seed that you planted. So I want you to just give yourself a break on having to have, I mean, there are times when the Holy Spirit, you'll be reading the word and Holy Spirit shows up and you were just like, whoa, 
And that's going to be awesome. But other times you're just going to be like, he did what now? (laughs) And then later, the Holy Spirit's going to be like, hey, remember that thing? And you're like, yeah, seriously. And he's like, this is what this means. And then you're like, woo, you know, but it's later. I want you to be free to be alive and on the process and in the process that you're in, okay? You don't have to super spirit. Like, if you're not having a super spiritual moment, per se, that's okay. Your life counts. As long as it's today, don't harden your heart. Open that book up and read for 15 minutes. Change your life. You'll reap something from that word in that very day. Let's stand up together. I want to pray. I want to ask after we pray together that the, that the uh, prayer servant team would come forward if anyone needs healing in your body or if you want to come into this kingdom for the first time, they can lead you into an introduction to Jesus Christ, this wonderful big brother and savior who's reconciled us to dad. So that's available. So after we pray, please don't leave if you need healing or encouragement or a word of encouragement. I feel like today specifically, uh, the, the prayer servant team, I'm going to be asking them to, they're actually going to uh, give words of encouragement, exhortation, and comfort. Another word for that is called prophecy. So if you're wanting a word of encouragement, I want you to come forward because they're going to be releasing some of that. But here's where we're going to start. I want you to put your hand back on your heart. I want you to speak to that heart. I want you to say, heart. Don't be hard. You're good soil. And I like you. So receive this word. Now we're going to turn our affections to the Lord. Father, I want to plant new seeds. Show me the seeds you want to plant. In your word, through encouragement from others, And by your Holy Spirit, because I will receive it, I will plant new seeds. Amen. I'm going to finish with one story. Stay standing. It's going to be short. Prayer servant team, will you come while I tell this story? There's a pastor, and uh, he, uh, he notices that one of the farmers in the church hasn't been showing up lately. So he goes over to Farmer Bill's, and he says, hey, Bill, what's the deal? I haven't seen you in church last Sunday. And Bill says, hey, pastor, I love you and I love this church, but it's harvest time. And I got to tell you, we are pretty much 16 hours a day, seven days a week during harvest time in order to get it done. Pastor says, I'm not sure if that's in the word. I think you ought to really rethink that. So next Sunday goes by, Bill's not there. Pastor's kind of bummed out. So he goes down to the farm again. Hey, Bill, I thought we talked about this. I really feel like you should be in church. Bill says, hey, look, I love you. I love the kingdom. You know, I bring in my tithes. You know, I'm faithful, but here's the deal. It is harvest time. I'll see you after harvest time. Pastor kind of goes away, you know, he's getting spiritual, so he's praying in tongues and whatnot. And uh, so he comes back the next week, because sure enough, Bill missed church again. He says, Bill, here's the deal. You come on into church, and God will take care of your harvest. Bill says, Pastor, let me show you something. He walks him over to a field. He says, you see this field over here? He goes, yeah. He goes, what is that? He says, well, I'm just a pastor, but I can tell that's wheat. He says, isn't it beautiful? He says, yeah. He says, it's going to be one of my best yields. He says, that's fantastic. He says, I've been working that all year. He says, great. He says, you see that field over there? He goes, yeah, I see it. This field's all full of weeds and overgrown. There's tumbleweeds cruising along, foxtails and every other kind of thing growing in that field. It's about waist high, and there's just about nothing in there that's worth anything. He says, that field over there, that's the one that God's been taking care of this year. I'll see you after harvest. What's my point? Cultivate your fields. 
God is okay with you investing in planting good seed in your heart. He's not going to do it while you hang back and let your heart go fallow. You've got to put good seed in each day. You guys have a great week.